to be used as a vessel for God uh, to talk. And so I've heard from a lot of you, uh, and I think I also agree myself, but I have really, really enjoyed this series, The Lies We Believe. We've debunked a lot of lies. We found a lot of scriptural truths in some of these, uh, these lies that we have been told, these social just phrases that we've heard. And so tonight, um, I'm going to be walking through one that, for me, was something that I heard a lot in my life. Um, it was something that I was convinced for a long time was a truth. Um, but later on in life and through growing up, uh, I learned that it was not the case. And so that phrase tonight is, God won't give me more than I can handle. We might turn to conventional wisdom instead of scripture uh, and end up saying some things like, well, don't worry, this wouldn't happen in your life, or God uh, wouldn't put this in your life if, you di if he didn't think you could bear this. He also, you might say, uh, look, the, the Bible promises God won't ever give you more in life than you could handle. Uh, but however... Conventional wisdom is often misinterpreted as biblical truth. Um, you have just said those statements, if you've said them in your life, and I have said them in my life, are promises that the Bible does not promise. Uh, what the Bible does say, and the truth behind this lie, is that when life gets tough and circumstances feel hard, Jesus bears it all. The key word there is when. It's not if life, it's when life gets tough. And we'll break that down and, and walk through that a little bit more tonight. But to debunk this lie, uh, there are two errors or mistakes that this unbiblical notion or this lie that God will never give us more, God will never give us or you more than you can handle uh, says. And the two mistakes or errors, the first one is, uh, first, this lie seeks us to lean on this cultural definition of fairness, if I was loading a car full of glass jars in boxes, and I, I looked at Jaden and I said, hey, Jaden, uh, could you help me with these glass jars? Most of the time, you probably would say, yeah, I can help you load these glass jar boxes into your car. And Jaden's a muscular guy. Uh, he works out. He, he plays sports. He probably could take on a lot of those boxes. However, as I hand them to him, I would look at, okay, I think you know, this is probably enough. However... What if I just kept stacking the boxes on top of him? And when I said, oh, you're good to go, you could take them, he lost control and the boxes fell everywhere and the glass broke and I blamed him for that. That would be pretty unfair, wouldn't it be? I would say that would be pretty unfair. I think Jaden would say that was unfair. And so oftentimes, uh, this saying that God will, give us, will, give, will never give us more than we can handle strikes a tone of fairness as we humans enjoy there is something pleasing about the idea of scales and balances. This, this idea that, you know, God caters to what we feel as fair. And in that, uh, and that God has assessed and permits trials according to, you know, the situation of, you know, how we woke up that day. It feels right to us. But the glaring problem with fairness is that God has already been unfair. Because he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. We often look at fairness in a positive lens, but if we're being fair, we don't deserve a lot of things that God has already given us. If he was going to base it off of fairness, then there are so many things that we don't deserve that God already gives us. He has been gracious and abounding in love and ever-present in our lives, even when we intentionally defy him. 
Those realities are gifts that we don't deserve, yet he gives them to us. A verse that I love um, is Matthew 5, 45, and that says, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he, is, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the just. See, God transcends this category, this, 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 this category of fair and unfair to a degree that we have no position or control over. And it is self-righteous of us to believe that we have that control over what is fair and what is not. He, uh, his ways aren't subject to the culture's standards of what we feel as fairness and what the world is telling us is fair. What we, fe- what we feel as fair or enough most often, doesn't time, often ma- does not match what God sees as fairness. And now we get into our second lie or uh, mistake or error that this lie says, and that is it seeks us uh, to, to lead, it leads us in, inward rather than Godward. I was reading an article and it used the word Godward and inward, and I thought that was really, really cool, and I thought I was going to add that. And so, see, suffering doesn't ask if you're ready. Uh, it may come, come slow or abrupt. It often doesn't ask for permission. It doesn't care about convenience. There's never really a good time for suffering or hardships or to be wrecked in your life. Uh, and, but that saying, God will never uh, give you more than you can handle, tells me that I have what it takes. I have what it takes. That I could bear whatever comes my way. It tells me that God permits trials according to my ability to endure. And, and if we think about this lie, it just points us and, and everyone inward to think that we can handle those things. Yet the Bible, the truth, points us Godward. As the psalmist says in Psalm 46, 1 through 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth, when the, through the earth gives way, through the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, through its waters roar and foam, through the mountains trembling as it swells. And Isaiah 4, 40, 29 says, uh, he gives power to the faint and to him who is, has not... Uh, who has, who has no might, he increases strength. When our strength is failing under circumstances of loss and anger and, and, and answers that we cannot uh, give ourselves within, uh, it, we have to realize that it's not for us to control because God gives the power to the faint and increases strength in the weak. The power comes from him to those who wait on him. It's not for us to, to decide. It, it's not about our fairness. It's for him and his plans. And that leads us to our truth, that when life gets tough and circumstances feel hard, that Jesus bears it all. And now that we've debunked these realities of, of why God can, won't give us more than we can handle, let us apply these truths to what we've learned and to our responses and acknowledge that life isn't rainbows and butterflies. It isn't always easy. And I think we can all acknowledge that we have all gone through seasons in our life where there were some great highs, but there was also a lot of lows. And so let us find out what are some responses we can have when, when life is hard. And the first one is, and the obvious one, is to lean into God in the midst of pain and unknown. God doesn't promise that we won't be in pain or unknown. If anything, he prefaces that we will have pain and that there will be suffering and we will be put in unknown circumstances. But mostly, he acknowledged that we aren't alone in it. When we lean on him and trust on him, 
We are covered in his love and his care. My wife is someone who um, suffered a, I would, what I would consider one of the most tragic losses at an age that this loss shouldn't have happened. Uh, and that was the loss of her mother. It happened abruptly, as cancer can. Yet in the midst of what felt like this overwhelming amount of grief, pain, she leaned on to, into God. She allowed him to heal and grow her heart, not completely understanding why or if it was fair to her, but trusting in God, who she knew had control over it all. It is not easy every day, but she trusts in his plan for her and acknowledges that her life isn't easy. She often talks about this reorientation, this person she is when she leaned on God through this journey, and that she isn't the same person that walked away. And, and that is okay, that that baggage, that brokenness can be refined and made into new one of, these, one of these, and I think I've used this before as an example. I don't know if you can see it. My mom had given me this bowl because I think it's a perfect, it's a really cool example of this reality that when we lean on God, we are, as people, broken people. This jar, this, this bowl, not jar, was broken at one point. It was in multiple pieces. But see, what God does when we lean on him is he refines us and he makes us new and he puts us back together. But like that, the scars are still there. We are refined and reoriented into new bodies and and when we lean and trust in him and I think that is just such a really cool thing see to me I cannot even imagine that reality and for some that might reality might be true or other bag emotionally baggaged realities might tr be true but when we lean on him in the midst of those realities we know that there is good the next reality and the next response we should have we should have when life is hard is is to lean into spiritual community. I've said this a million times because I think it's applicable when it, proving this lie that God won't give us more than we can handle and leaning into this truth that when life gets tough uh, and circumstances feel hard, that Jesus bears it all. Because God oftentimes uses people to live and grow and carry our burdens. Often a relationship with Christ can feel like a personal journey. I am someone who struggles with that tension a little bit. I am, like, I, I like to use this word a lot, but oftentimes I feel myself as this lone wolf, spiritual, spiritual journey, this spiritual lone wolf, someone who is work, working this journey as himself, and I have a hard time being vulnerable and accepting community as I should. And in that, it is just such a vital reality for us as we lean on in the midst of hard times. We are called to be in community together and carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens in a way, in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I was talking to Rich, Pastor Rich the other day, and I had asked him something around the topic and question of, what is the point of spiritual community if you're not willing to be vulnerable? If, if it's hurtful or you feel like you're not on the same page. And his answer to me was, was something that really was not, I was not expecting. I'm someone who's very analytical. I like to think of the response before uh, asked. And his response to me was that community is a gift and that we, are able to, that we are able to bear the burdens of those around us. That there will be seasons where we bear more than they bear for us. There will be seasons where we don't bear at all uh, and they're bearing our, 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 our hardships. And there will be seasons where we're bearing them together. See, life, like I said, is full of these highs and lows, these valleys and mountains. And it is so important for us 
when life is hard, when we are called to community to bear each other's burdens as Christ bears ours. And the last response that we can walk through is to remember that Jesus suffered too. We have a Savior who sympathizes with us because he has suffered too. Jesus knew what it was like to experience poverty. He was homeless. I love this verse. It's Luke 9, 58. It says, foxes have holes. I don't think I actually had this on. I'm sad I didn't have this. But it says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head. So for maybe for you, poverty is a reality in your life and it feels so real. Maybe it's for some, some of us, it's the paycheck. It's, oh, I, don't, I can't hang out with my friends because I can't afford it. Jesus sympathizes with that. He suffered and experienced poverty too. Jesus knew what it was like to experience exhaustion. I know a lot of you do a lot of sports and a lot of things, and a lot of times we can feel spiritually exhausted, physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted. See, Jesus knew that. Jesus walked everywhere. He didn't take a plane. There was no Ubers. There wasn't ultra boosts on his feet when he walked. There wasn't the newest Nike shoe. Jesus walked in sandals everywhere he went. He felt that physical exhaustion. But not only that, he was being chased and plotted by religious leaders for his death, for nothing that he did but good. He knew what it was like to be emotionally and physically exhausted. Jesus also knew what it was like to feel betrayed. I know a lot of us in our life have, have in moments or in soon-to-be moments, have felt maybe betrayal by a close friend or felt like I was left out of a, a group chat that it wasn't that I was expected to be of, or didn't make the, the, prom, the prom group, moments where we could feel betrayed and things could feel hard. See, Jesus felt betrayed. He was well acquainted with it as he, his best friend, Peter, denied him three times. Judas sold him out for some silver. And like I said, the religious leaders, the people that were supposed to be speaking these truths, were plotting to kill him. Jesus knew what it was like to suffer. We have a Savior who exact, knew exactly what it was like to suffer for, our sins that, for sins that he never committed. See, when life gets tough, when, when life gets tough, because it's going to get tough, and circumstances feel hard, Jesus bears it all. See, if we were able to handle everything in, in our life on our own, then why would we need God? See, oftentimes I feel the biggest blessings in being, is being over uh, our heads because that is a cool opportunity for us to rely on God who can take on anything and everything. Jesus bears it all because he has suffered through it all. If the Son of God suffered, then how could we ex not expect to suffer as well? When life gets tough and circumstances feel hard, Jesus bears it all. And so that's all I have for us tonight. Uh, short and sweet, but I think it's just a really, really important part uh, and a, a, a talk in our life. And so I'm going to pray us out and then we can head to small groups. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I'm just grateful for this year of student ministries, Lord. Uh, I'm grateful for just the gifts that you have given me that I do not deserve, uh, yet you still give and pursue, Lord. I pray in the moments in our life, Lord, where we can fall short uh, of leaning on you that, you, that we can reorient ourselves and find ourselves leaning on you, 
chasing spiritual community, Lord, and remembering that you suffered as well. Lord, I pray tonight in small groups that we can have fruitful conversations, conversations that lead us uh, closer to you uh, and, and, and learning more about you. Lord, I love you. I praise you in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thanks, y'all.